Hi, this is Rich. And this is Kyle. Welcome to episode 88 of Chew the Metal, a podcast where we take a deep dive into a rock or metal album and see if we can learn something. This week it's The War Within by Shadows Fall. Let's get into it. Hey Kyle, how you doing? I, I, I'm alright, thanks Rich. Since we last spoke uh, yesterday, I have a, t- a tiny bit more garden tales to tell you. Luckily no more disasters, but Good. more just confusion in that uh, we de- we found more of the pipe and we it, it doesn't go where we thought it went. So now we're, oh. we're at a loss. So if you... So it's someone you, else's pipe? Or? Well, I don't know. I mean, we still think it's ours, but we just don't know where it enters our house, basically. Like if you... Goodness. If you picture you're looking out of the back of a house, okay? Mm-hmm. And on your left is the your neighbor's border wall. Yep. The pipe basically runs parallel to that wall. Oh. And we thought, and the man from Bristol Water thought, it would get towards our house and then turn into our kitchen. So sort of turn across the courtyard. Yeah. It actually yeah. turns into next door's kitchen. <laughs> How confusing. So we don't know where it comes into our house. We don't know at what point it obviously does a fucking... Wow. Maybe at the top end, it does like a U-turn all the way back in or something. Oh my God. So it, there was okay. lots of... Yeah, so we did lots of concrete smashing. We did lots of excavating and we still have no fucking idea where the pipe goes uh how are you how is your well, hey i day? mean you're becoming an expert about uh about pretty much everything in terms of building and diy and putting things back together again so. i am but it's against my will i don't want to be i want to live in a house that's normal <laughs> um yes i'm fine thank you i thought i'd held something back to talk Classic. to you about, maybe i'd didn't what did you do yesterday um, afternoon you had a plan didn't you after we recorded uh yesterday afternoon we went shopping <laughs> oh i just went into town and shopping and okay. uh bex did some driving and oh okay then uh oh we watched in the earth uh ben, the Wheatley's ben Wheatley. new film uh oh <laughs> <laughs> sauce ben Rubbish. oh shit yeah, yeah that well. wasn't good Okay, I don't think... See, I've only seen High Rise and Free Fire. And I okay. I liked Free Fire. High Rise was maybe went straight over my head. I'd probably have to rewatch it because it was very strange. I thought both of those were rubbish as well. Ah, I think okay. I'm always drawn to his his name on films, but then I get to the end and I'm like, well, that was shit. And I realise that the <laughs> only one, one I've enjoyed films. is Sightseers and everything else. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Why do I keep <laughs> thinking he's this, like, auteur? Ah, Classic. I mean, he is, but that doesn't, yeah. that doesn't, that's not synonymous with good, I suppose. Well, that's true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a very fair point. Yeah. He is. Um, yeah. I feel like he's making but, uh, something surprising. Sorry, just quickly. I feel like his next film is... Isn't he doing... Oh, he's, he's doing... He's doing The Meg 2. The Meg 2. There you go. Yeah. It yeah. was... Okay. Yeah. Well. Which my friends who are working on it tell me is excellent. Of course. <laughs> it's got Jason Statham in it. 10 out of 10. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Uh, um, so I guess before we obviously that's that's a nice jovial start, but we also yes. have bad news to start with as well. We do, uh, which is that uh, last weekend uh, it was announced that Taylor Hawkins had passed away at the young young age of fifty. Uh, God which damn, is very sad. It way is. too soon for such a, a legend and inspiration to everyone. I mean, obviously, I mean for me, Foo Fighters were a massive part of my sort of musical education. 
Um, I know they were probably less so for you, but um, I mean, you're still aware of his sort of his influence. And- yeah, I'd say their albums have played less of a part, but I still, you know, I like them because it's kind of hard not to, isn't it? Anything with sort of yeah. those, those guys in Dave Grohl and, and Taylor particularly. And I, I mean, more than that, they were they were a big part of my year. I was meant to see them in summer. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. me and dad were going to see them wow. in London at the Olympic Stadium and it has obviously oh. been cancelled. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's shit. And then even outside of Foo Fighters, you know, he was Alanis Morissette's drama before yep. Foo Fighters mm-hmm. and he had a he had a project, I actually can't remember the name of them now, but he had a, recently had a band with Dave Navarro. Yeah, he did. And he did a solo album recently. Oh, like he's and he did a solo, he, was a, yeah, he had a great exactly, voice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, him and Dave used to like switch around yeah. on on tour and stuff. So yeah, it's just a just a massive loss and it's very sad news. It certainly is. It's another one on this bloody. Po- we've only been doing this podcast for like what a year and a half, two years, and we've already had to announce bloody Eddie Van Halen and Joey Jordison. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. How much we have to do these things? Yeah, you know? it's fucking it's shit. A real shame. It is. Yeah. Okay, so th- so that's that. But we are obviously here to talk about an album as well. We are. Which is The War Within by Shadows Fall. Uh, how did you... Did you know Shadows Fall? What's the situation with you? I think at the end of last episode, I told you the extent of my knowledge, which was that the singer has dreadlocks. That is... Yeah. <laughs> that is literally all... And I don't know how I know that. And my God, you were not joking. I mean, I wasn't. He's got all the dreadlocks. But I genuinely don't know, because I've never listened to them. And I've never like sought them out in any way, but for some reason, my entire life, or I guess since I was, you know, like a teenager, I have known mm. that he had long dreadlocks, and I don't know why that's what a waste of memory that is, of the things I could know. You must have like fallen asleep watching Kerrang! one have. night, yeah, and he was he, there. He was just the last thing you saw before yeah. bed that night was just his hair swooshing all around in the it must screen. be because it's uh, yeah i don't know why i know it so that was the extent of my knowledge what about you uh yeah no i i had even less knowledge you know i, I had no no idea what their hairstyles were or <laughs> the musical genre i think i was sort of aware that they were mid-noughties metalcore yes um because only because i think i mean obviously i know i added them to our spreadsheet mm-hmm. and the reason i did that is because obviously uh noughties metalcore uh, was big for both of us. Yeah. Like certain bands. And, you know, we, we've talked about a good few of them by this point. Yes. And I guess when we were trying to bulk out the spreadsheet at one point or another, we just thought, you know, who who are the bigger names or who are the ba- names that we've heard of but never listened to that we haven't got to yet? And yeah. So we sort of, you know, and, uh, and this was one of them. You know, I think we've mentioned them before because Adam... D from Adam D. Adam D. Yeah. Um, yeah. Killswitch's guitarist. He is also a producer, as we've already said before, and he's produced two of their albums. And I, so I think we mentioned that on the Killswitch album yeah. episode. Almost definitely. And like you say, we've talked about like Slipknot from this era and Lamb of God from this era. So yeah, and Killswitch and yeah. Avenged Sevenfold and Trivium, sort of not and not officially, but we've no, talked but about Trivium. Around. Yeah. And so yeah, so I think these were like one of the last ones of that world for yeah. us to maybe talk about um i'd say the only other one left i mean parkway drive sort of maybe i don't know but um i guess the only other one in this world especially in american uh heavy metal from mid noughties would be all that remains they're, yeah. they're another one 
or is there? There's also Still Remains. They're separate bands, right? They are separate bands, but I don't know <laughs> if they're both the same genre. I have absolutely no idea. Okay, one of them did a song called "The Worst Is Yet to Come," which I quite like. Okay, and <laughs> what an endorsement! Like I hope they're on the spreadsheet. I can't wait to listen to it. <laughs> uh, and also, all that remains will probably come up in a couple of minutes as we talk about the history of Shadows Fall. Well, go on, lay it on me. The history of Shadows Fall. <laughs> Uh, so they were formed in Boston, Massachusetts uh, in 1996 uh, by two people, Jonathan Donays, or Donay, maybe if it's French, and Matt Bachand. Bachand? Maybe they're both French. Who knows? Oh, no. <laughs> they are now. Uh, Donay and Bachand. Um, and, <laughs> and basically, yeah, so they formed in 1996 um, as Shadows Fall. Uh, for, for a few years, they sort of you know, they had a big old revolving door of band members yeah. to try and find their their forever lineup, I guess yeah. you'd put it. Including uh a guy called Philip Labont, uh who Wait a minute. was the frontman. <laughs> what? But he's French as well. He's French as well. What is this? Um uh, yeah, so he he joined as the frontman but then left um soon after to form All That Remains. Um, and he was also a touring vocalist for Killswitch at one point as well. So it's all okay. a very intertwined, happy family. Yeah. Seemingly. Um, and they, yeah, they went, you know, with different bassists, different drummers, different frontmen. Uh, even Adam D uh, like played drums for them for a bit. Of course. And then they eventually released their first album only a year and a bit later, mm. uh, in late 1997. That was called Somber Eyes to the Sky. Uh, and then 98, I think, was their second album. Yeah. Um, was it? Or 99, uh, Of One Blood. And then, you know, more and more lineup changes. Third album, The Art of Balance, in 2002, which had a bit more sort of radio play, music videos, independent charting and things like that. And then this album sees us uh, end of 2004. It's their fourth album, The War Within. And to date, uh, I mean, by that point, it was their biggest album, and I think it still is their biggest album. I think they sort of had a moderately steady rise up to this album, and you know, you know, it, it doesn't last forever for for everyone. No. So I think this was sort of the the top of the tent, if you're looking at it. yeah, <laughs> the top of the roof. I always look I at people's careers as tents. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, so that's that. Uh, and how did it do in the charts, Kyle? It did. Uh, did okay. Like it did. It did really well. Yeah, it did. It's another one of those ones where you're just like, oh yeah, like this sort of music used to used to do okay, didn't it? Yeah. So it got to number twenty in the Billboard 200. Um, number did. one on the top independent album charts. I think I read that it was the 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 company that released it, whose name is absolutely escaping me. Century. Century. It was their biggest. Is it still their biggest? Well, I saw that released? it is still their biggest, but then I also saw that one of Lacuna Coil's because Lacuna Coil were like their biggest artist on okay. that label, and so I, I saw one article saying that this is still the biggest selling record on Century, but then also that. Lacuna Coil released an album like a year later, which has sold nearly half a million, which is more than the accounts I've seen for this. So I'm yeah. not too sure. Okay. Well, yeah, this sold, we like do say records say 400,000. It got nominated for a Grammy um, for What Did. Drives the Week. Yeah, it was nominated for Best Metal Performance 2006. Yeah, thankfully, even the Grammys were sensible that year and uh, 
picked Slipknot instead. They did. But again, this so this I've just realised this is the same as this is that Grammys thing that you sort of you know sleuthed out. Yeah. Both Mesmerise and this came out in two thousand and four, mm-hmm. and both of their Grammys were two thousand and six. Yeah, very strange. Volume three is the same. That was two thousand and four. And it certainly was. And so Out of Exile was two thousand five, and that was that we talked about it two thousand six. What? Yeah. It's, so so this album came out September twenty first two thousand four. So mm-hmm. sort of towards the end of the grammy's year that would be then handed out into any in 2005 yeah but then the single what drives the week came out march 22nd 2005 which means it was early in the following year which means it then would have been handed out at the top of 20 uh, 2006 sure very confusing very confusing uh talking of which the grammys were last night did you see any of the winners i saw the dream theater finally won for best metal Dream Theater won I mean it's not the best metal performance because Gojira's album came out this year correct so I, I agree with you that's the best the best in best of everything yeah. uh, it was it was really nice to see that Foo Fighters won like three or four Grammys this year did they? yeah I I mean I, it can't at all be a reaction to no. Taylor because obviously the, the votes would have been in weeks ago I'm sure yeah. but they won like best rock album best rock song best rock you know, lots of, you know, I don't have them in front of me, but they won at least three, which is cool. That is cool. Great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Dream Theater beat Mastodon, beat Gojira. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, dis- I disagree Zombie. with it musically, but it's nice. I mean, yeah, who does? I could be fucking Rob Zombie. Um, but it was just nice to see little John Petrucci in a suit getting an award. <laughs> Did he actually show up? Yeah, 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 yeah. His nice. huge fucking Santa Claus beard and his... <laughs> Like hi, yeah, I'm I mean, better than all of you. For those for those guys to have not sort of been recognised for their yeah. musicianship, I guess by this point is is mad. Regardless of whether you like their music or not, they're yes. obviously like some of the best in the world. So, mm-hmm. uh, so well done them. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, so this was produced and mixed and engineered by a producer called Zeus. Who? <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I don't know if you remember, but he produced. Uh, one of your favourite albums last season, The Rise of Brutality by Hatebreed. Kyle has left the call. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was uh, recorded at Planet Z Studios, which if uh, if there's any amateur detectives uh, listening, Planet Z is owned by Zeus, of course. Clever! Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I did look up what else has been recorded there. I mean, it's, it's lots of this sort of stuff. Like, I don't want to be too... Uh, dismissive but it's like um the acacia strain chimera shadows fall god oh, forbid yeah. oh uh, it's a Kerrang compilation from the 2000s <laughs> hate breed suicide silence all oh. that remains you know it's literally those bands <laughs> yeah those bands three inches of blood i haven't heard about them in a long time <laughs> i don't feel the spreadsheet yeah uh so yeah so that's that's what happened there and <laughs> Um, I guess that's sort of all the all the up top stuff until we get into people and songs, right? Yeah, I think so. We can say that it was like seemingly quite well received. Like you know, it seems to be. It was yeah. on that bloody Metal Sucks Twenty One Best Albums Metal Albums of the Twenty First Century so far it was, that we, that which we have I, which discussed. I think, yeah, I think we might bring that up later. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a food for thought. But yeah, we've talked, that's the one yeah. where like Leviathan was number one and or Aya were or something, and we and maybe yeah, maybe Ashes of the Wake one, yeah. was number three, and we had a 
I can't remember that's that one. Is yeah, it's number seven on that. Seven, album. okay. Oh, okay. on that list, sorry. Got um, you. So yeah, it was on there. I mean, it got three out of five from Rolling Stone, which is good as anyone can impossibly ever ever achieve expect. from Rolling Stone. Yeah. I mean that that they means they think it's as good as Nevermind. So, yeah. <laughs> best probably the best album ever, I imagine. Yeah. This one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it generally got really good reviews and uh, critically pretty well acclaimed. I think it was seen as a a step cut above their previous things and yeah. sort of a melding of you know like really everything they were trying to achieve and i saw people sort of likening a lot of it to more like metallica whereas being earlier in their career they were sort of bogged down by this uh being sort of the same as a lot of the swedish metal bands like uh i mean i, I don't listen to a lot of them but like, i guess i can't imagine they sounded too dissimilar from like in flames and stuff like that yeah and probably Meshuggah to a degree. Yeah, pre-robots, turning into robots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pre-selling their souls to the devil. <laughs> um, would you like to do a personnel and track listing for this album? I surely would. So we have Brian Fair, lead vocals. John Donay, lead guitar and backing vocals. Matt Bashond, we're going with it. Rhythm guitar, clean vocals as well. Paul Romanko on the bass and Jason Bittner on the drums. Uh, yeah. And in terms of track listing, we have, oh, where is it? There we go. We have The Light That Blinds, Enlightened by the Cold, Act of Contrition, What Drives the Weak, Stillness, Inspiration on Demand, The Power of I and I, Ghosts of Past Failures, Eternity is Within, and Those Who Cannot Speak. Absolutely. Yeah. Ten songs. Uh, I mean, every time I was listening to it, I was when I came to do my notes song by song, I was really surprised there were it was only 10 songs I don't know why because it does, obviously it doesn't feel like loads and loads of songs but 10 isn't that many songs for an album like usually albums are more than 10 songs and I was just surprised that it was only 10 yeah given that it's 46 minutes yeah 46 long minutes <laughs> yeah I mean should we uh, should we address the elephant in the room before we get into the songs <laughs> we should we should because it's it's caused us to break our own code which is always yes. i think quite telling of an album it certainly is uh we i mean <laughs> i really do not like this album at all in the slightest no and i i will say as well that what's funny about it is that i didn't even like i i, I was sort of fishing for it but i i didn't like i barely had to give you any a little nudge and i literally just said when we were recording yesterday like how's shadows fall going like just genuinely honestly just asking. And, and without you without a moment's hesitation you went i hate it <laughs> i mean i really really do <laughs> yeah uh, and we, i mean we'll get into that specifics but uh yeah we we haven't had the best of times listening to this one and we'll try and keep it sensible but, <laughs> but i mean i am not a fan of this no, I am not either. Like you say, we'll try and do it justice, but I don't think it's going to descend into lordy madness. But yeah, no. it's 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 it would be too hard to. I think like when we did, oh god, what are they called? I hated it so much I can't even remember. Who were that new metal band? Tetrarch. Tetrarch. When I had to tell you up top because I knew I wouldn't be able to contain. Yes. Yeah, it's the same thing. There's no point putting on a brave face for forty minutes and then saying this is fucking shit. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so let's start, Rich. Let's do it. I mean, it starts with The Light That Blinds, uh, which in hindsight is probably one of the better songs on the album. 
I would say the the first two are the are the two better songs for me, and then okay, interesting, and then we'll see. We'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> I mean, it starts with this like actually really nice acoustic picking sort of classical guitar intro. It's like battery. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, too it's, it's credit, literally but... literally they've gone. Oh well, Metallica did it in battery. Yeah. Like, we should do it here. And it this album is sort of full of those sorts of things where they've used ideas that other bands have done but just because you've used the same idea it doesn't mean your song will be as good as that because you still have to write a good song yes 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 you can't you can't paint by numbers and hope no exactly no you you certainly can't and so this starts with a really nice classical acoustic dueling guitar sort of situation Mm -hmm. and then just like battery it kicks in really hard but i don't know like it's got this big sweeping sort of heavy riff and then like a sort of a tremolo picking lower riff after that yeah which are fine that i quite like them and to begin with i was like okay this this is pretty interesting it's it's pretty heavy it's pretty meaty but you know where's it gonna go and then the verse starts and it just falls apart for me yep i've written the same thing i feel like that there's bits at the start that have that sort of slipknotty, like I've written like the duality with that, like you know that kind of really fast yeah. move. And like yeah. you say, that's that's enough to perk the ears up. Sure. We'll get into the soloing later, but it starts with some mm. absolute shredding, and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Because you might tell that I'm not as enthused as I might normally be by some shredding. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. As soon as the verse kicks in, it it I I mean my biggest complaint is that I really really don't like Brian's voice at all. So no. So. I mean, I actually, I actually sort of switched off when you did the uh, the uh, personnel listing. Apologies. Um, did you mention that Matt does the clean vocals in this? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, okay. yeah. The, the thing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Why would you listen to me? I've written that. Yeah. And why would I uh, listen to my own podcast whilst yeah, it's happening? <laughs> no, because <laughs> we're talking about an album you don't like, so you don't even care. Um, yeah. Yeah. John does some backing vocals, and Matt is listed as clean vocals. Yeah. So. Okay, so it was all on that because he cannot sing for yeah. shit. Yeah. His, if, I, I can't get my head around having a band whose whole thing is, is, is in this genre of screamed verses, clean choruses, and the person, and you've based it around someone that literally can't sing. Yeah, I mean the screams are like generic as hell screams. There's nothing like particularly exciting about his screams, but they're it's a fine metal scream. I don't dislike it, but there's nothing unique about it. But then every time the clean voice comes onto this album, you're just like, this guy can't even hold a note. What? <laughs> Why have they got him there? Why have they done this so regularly? Like in every single song, if he literally can't do it, yeah. Like I, I don't understand. Like I, oh. it works for Avenged Sevenfold because M Shadows can sing, yeah, and Howard Jones can sing, mm-hmm. and Matt Tuck doesn't have your favourite voice, but he can sing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll admit he can sing better than these two. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, yeah, I don't it's... understand. Just do something else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll like that. To me, is is quite indicative of a fair few things on the album, which is that. I find myself, and this sounds really, really cruel, I think. It sounds mm. quite, like, immature, or it sounds quite like yeah. like a band that have just started out, and they're sort of yes, like... Yes, it really does, like a demo tape. Yeah, really. like not, Yeah, not only in the production quality, but also in some of the songwriting and some of the choices. It sounds like a band who are in a garage, and maybe they've just started gigging on their local scene, and they're kind of finding their yeah. feet. 
not a 400,000 selling fourth album no that made it to number 20 in the top billboard i totally totally agree and i've been trying to like vocalize that into actual words and yeah that's exactly what it is yeah they sound like i don't know it, i for me it comes down to yes there's bad voices but it, it's almost like they don't know how to write a melody or write like put the right notes with the right notes <laughs> a lot like i mean the verse in this first song it just it just it's so untuneful yeah like they, this album is like 46 minutes of riffs and some of it is so like i don't know what it's it's just dull but also just it all sounds wrong without sounding like deliberate wrong notes yeah it's not atonal it's just like what is this yeah absolutely because you think about think about like like you say how sort of generic the music is like how Mm -hmm. how you know what's coming at any moment you know what i mean like you've got if they're all in the same tuning it's got that lamb of god problem where they're they're probably in drop c or something for the whole time so you never yeah you can't distinguish anything but then but like you say but how also over the top of that just dun 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 this sort of nothing interesting or melodic or musical and then think of how batshit insane system of a down are and yet they still yeah. manage to make six like singable melodies over just the top of the fucking absolute madness like yeah. th- all these guys are doing is playing in c dun, 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 dun. like you could you can sing over that it's really fucking easy <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and Serge manages to, to sing to his own riffs. Yeah. And make it seem easier than it is to sing to the same note for 46 minutes. Yeah. It's uh, it's insane how, like, how they miss the, like, they just, like, you know what I mean? They just miss the goal every time. Yeah, they really did. What I will say about this song is that in the chorus, the bass is, like, surprisingly adventurous. Yes, that happens a few times on this album where the bass yeah. is like, because it's lots of drop C, it's not necessarily always there, but there are a fair few moments when everything drops or you hear a hanging chord and the bass will just give it like a... Yeah, which doesn't happen with this sort of music usually. Like usually he'd literally just be doing open C. Yeah, with a plectrum. Yeah, so hearing any sort of like walking pace... He's probably the be- the best part of the album. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. MVP. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, um, yeah, we used to do MVPs. Yeah. We did. <laughs> like once. Uh, so who, not who, uh, do you want to talk about, rather? Um, the solos, should we talk about it now? There's one in every song, so we don't have to. They're gonna come, there's going to come back. There is one in every song. Uh, I mean, this one is sort of organic um, compared to some of them. Yeah. I don't know. There's nothing... I don't know. You seem to have more of a strong opinion on the on the solos than me. It's. Maybe. I mean, it's not. I just. I. It's really hard to vocalize, and it's and it's going to sound incredibly, like stupid. But I. I guess there was nothing about them this week that like perked my ears up, which is just mm-hmm. me, and it's my ears. But I feel like we get quite. At least I personally get quite excited about guitar solos quite a lot. Yeah. And to have ten of them in a row, and at no point be like, oh, I want to listen to that again, or oh. I feel like that says something, but I don't know what it says. It probably says more about me than Shadows Fall. Uh, no, I don't think it does, because the, the confusing thing about them is that, except the vocalists, they're all very skillful yeah. at their instruments. Mm. But just because you're good at playing it, that they manage to be very good at playing their instruments, but very bad at playing them together and yeah. like making anything that 
is at all memorable. That is spot on. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. This so this like you said, this solo starts and it's sort of like bluesy for sort of eight bars, and then mm-hmm. he can't help himself and he has to do sixteenth note sweep picking. <laughs> tremolo picking this like as fast as he can i'll also yeah. say and this is again it's it can, probably irrelevant but it, it adds to that sort of garage band factor whatever amp he used to record his solos they need to burn it and never use it again because <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like the scratch track that you would use when you were recording scratches for the drums it sounds like his amp is broken yeah. it's rubbish whatever that tone is it is rubbish <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I don't know why you'd have Adam D produce some of your albums and then not get him to produce the rest of your albums. I know. Like, that man knows how to make a metal record sound good, at least. Exactly. He can't like, help the they songs. They must have listened but... to Killswitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Think of how great the guitars sounded on Killswitch. How good all of it exactly. sounded. Like, yeah. Yeah, and to have that man like at your disposal almost and to just be like, no, we'll do it ourselves, actually, with yeah, old we'll, Zeus. Yeah, we'll get the Hatebreed guy to do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> What? Sorry, what? <laughs> Ugh. Um, so then the final thing to talk about in The Light That Blinds, which is something that comes up a few times later on, is that the song ends with this really interesting riff, which is sort of like a really groovy, sort of completely other genre of metal type of riff. And it really works as a an outro riff, but... So it just comes out of nowhere, though. It it works as an outro riff if it has been sort of the the coming back to point throughout yeah. the song. And yeah, then like the intro and then the outro. Big, yeah, big outro because you know it. But for that riff to be used just at the end, it's sort of a waste. And it it's also like suddenly they've gone from Lamb of God to like every time I die. Like it's just a completely different type of music, and I don't yeah. know how that happened. came to be yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yes um okay enlightened by the cold so you think this is probably your your joint favorite or second favorite of the album i mean favorite is a strong word um yeah i guess i quite like that it just drops straight in and that it's kind of i mean it's it's quite short which is it's the shortest track on the album so maybe that's yeah. in its favor yeah. But yeah, it just sort of it starts at pace and sort of continues at pace. It doesn't do anything no, it doesn't. Gra- groundbreaking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's like a, a three minute straightforward da, 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 you know what I mean? Like it's just a, yep. a driver and it's here and gone. It doesn't try and do anything flashy because they can't do anything flashy. So this is like them at their level and they have accepted it. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah. What I do quite like about this song is that it's got this really interesting lyric, I think quite near the end, it says, my worth is only defined by the next disaster, which I yeah. think is a really interesting little idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's in this song. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's, uh, you win some, you lose some. Uh, but yeah, I, I personally sort of, the first song has got some interesting bits for me and it ends with that cool riff. And then this one then just becomes like a, that one stops, this one starts, and blah, 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 blah. yes, yeah. we're still going with the same thing. So there's certain ones I like, as sort of like chapter point, heading points, but there's others that are just like, yeah, this is just more more of the same. Okay. Sepultura would say. Um, sure. Act of contrition. How are you feeling about that? How are you feeling about this one? Did this, did this pick you up after that, you know, 
disappointment part two not really i mean no so like yeah by this point you know exactly what the riffs are like you you can see inside their heads already you're just like okay it's going to be this but and, and their riffs are like that classic lamb of god trivium style riff but i mean i didn't personally love lamb of god either but there's something a bit more entertaining about them and i mean when trivium do it i don't know it, it just works it, it works in a they move it with the melody and and yeah matt's voice over the top works as well yeah so whereas this as we've said it literally just stays in that same realm every single time and it's i mean it's, it's kind of impressive that you can do 46 minutes of and not use the same things over and over again yeah. <laughs> i mean they might be i i personally can't tell but it's yeah it's I kind of either. impressive yeah. You need to do a deep dive uh, on each individual riff, but yeah, it's lots of dun 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 slide, dun 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 dun, like, which is exactly what we were saying about Lamb of God, you know, sort of four or five songs in, and we're here again. I think they're in C maybe instead of D, but it's uh, it's the same idea, just by different people. Yeah, maybe slightly less talented people. So by this point, I was I was really trying to get one thing per song that I like that yeah. we can talk about um, so the thing I like about this song is that just into the second half of the song you get a new riff and it is a really great riff and it's got some pinch harmonics yeah. and it sort of sets the tempo for a new section and I think that riff is really excellent and I actually don't mind the clean vocal over the top uh, where he's saying I drift alone suspended in shadows it's got this kind of big sort of uh, roaring arena bridge sort of feel to it and it, yeah it works for me. That that part, I like. Fine. I agree. That riff is Sue a stand. Me. Is a stand like on the album. <laughs> yes, it is good. I'm a big fan of a pinch harmonic in a way. That's your Adam D influence, even yeah. though he's not there. If he was, there'd probably yeah. be loads more of him. Yeah, exactly. I think it sounds better. Yeah. Um, should we get onto the Grammy-nominated song "What Drives the Week"? We should. Should it have beaten "Before I Forget"? Discuss. No. <laughs> <laughs> should it have been in contention? No. But why not, I mean, what, Rich? What else was there that year? I can't. I did. I do have it up. Right. So yeah, Slipknot won. The other correct uh, nominees were Shadows Fall, Ramstein, um, with the song Mind Tile, which is a good song. Mudvayne. I didn't realize they were still around in two thousand six. Nope. And Ministry, the Great Satan remix, which we've already talked about. But I would. Which one was the Great Satan remix? Was that dreadful or was that fine? Uh, I mean, for me, dreadful. You probably loved it. <laughs> There's probably not enough Christmas references in yeah, it. Yeah, true, yeah. Um, but, I mean, either way, that's a strange selection for best five metal Best's, songs yeah. of the year. Yeah. Uh, because there's definitely some other better songs. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's... I don't know how this song becomes Grammy-nominated. I mean, it's it's got such a... It's got such lacklustre vocals. It's just, this song really shows off how much he cannot sing. Yeah, absolutely. It also shows off how he can't say the word anesthetize, and yet he uses it 800 times in this song, and he didn't fucking bother learning how to pronounce it. Yeah, that is also true. Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, I don't know why he bothered writing a word he can't say, and then making it part (laughs) of the chorus. (laughs) Yeah, it's... I mean, it's, it's more of the same, that they're choosing to rest on these things and rely on these things that they can't at all back up. Yes. I, I don't get it. 
and 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 this is one of those melodies that, uh, with music underneath, which sounds exactly like what you were saying. Like it sounds like a band who are just trying to like figure out how to write a song, and this yeah. is just one of a million demo songs that they write on their way to make, making their first album. Yeah, but instead. It's an album that got to number twenty and got fucking Grammy nominated. Grammy nominated. Yeah, that so that and the Anista size. Oh, sorry, I'm gonna say it. he says Anista size is what he says. Um, but the melody of that is da 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 da. It's like the most fucking boring <laughs> thing you can ever imagine. Like I've been writing better melodies than that since I was sixteen years old. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. Um, the the other thing I want to say about this song is. Uh, is a comment I saw on Song Meanings. There was actually surprising... Like, Some Big Shadows Fall fans, yeah. They really were. Seeing as like, some of the albums we talk about have zero comments. Yeah. This had so much. And uh, this song had someone saying, Shadows Fall might be the start of the new music movement. Because <laughs> our generation got ripped off. <laughs> well. I mean, I I want to sit down with this person. And, me too. Like, just say, look, can I can I just have I don't know six hours of your time? I will blow your mind. Yeah, I can show you. yeah, yeah. Give me Spotify and yeah. like fucking and just two thousand and four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You obviously woke up from a coma, and the only yeah. thing you heard was Shadows Fall. Okay, stillness. Yes, I like this intro. Yeah, it's got like a. It, it does something. It does something. Different. It does, yeah. Nice high notes, nice ringing ride cymbal, you know, and it sort of s- slowly yeah. fades in with like the well, like you know the big hanging chords and that like ding 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 ding. The one like the big yeah. snare every other bar. Yeah, ding, Keen. Ding, t- yeah. It's cool. It's got like a building. It's not just yeah. But then it's just like they don't know what to do with this because they do that. It's a bit like the intro. To uh, to the light that blinds. They do this pretty interesting intro, and then it just stops, and then straight back into generic chugging. Straight back into dead and dead and dead and dead and and you know same beat, same like yeah. Yes, there's so there's another thing about this that I mean doesn't help when you don't you're not enjoying yourself. But when I was going through the lyrics on my notes, listen, they have a habit of like. They have a, a verse, a chorus, a verse, a chorus, and then they just go back to the first verse, and it always yeah, makes they you do think seem like to do that a lot. Just cut that bit out of the song; it's not doing anything. No, I know. I I would totally agree. It's, I mean, sometimes bands like revisit the first verse near the end, like for for I don't know for a specific reason, or like in Killer Be Killed, you had Troy singing the first verse, harmonizing with Greg singing the chorus very that interesting works really well surely does or you know if the if the song has told a story or moved from one point to another across a journey then revisiting where you started can be really interesting it's one of my favorite techniques big fan yeah exactly exactly you know but no <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. no yeah because it's not like you say it's not like a like opening line works as end line with journey in the middle it's literally just like let's do another verse and a chorus but i can't be asked writing another verse so i'll just do the first exactly. one again like yeah why just cut 50 seconds off your fucking song yeah what is it adding uh greed 
Uh, should we move on to one of the most ironically named songs ever <laughs> written? This song is called Inspiration on Demand <laughs> by a band who cannot write a song to save their lives. Uh, what has the world come to? Classic. I love it. Yeah. So this is my, I mean, yeah, by this point, I had so, I think I told you yesterday at this point, I'd sort of given up. Um, like <laughs> I was trying to be eloquent. I was trying to, like you say, like dig in and find something. And at this point I sort of lost my mind. Um, yeah. Yeah. So this one starts, you know, with a riff as usual. And again, it's got that Lamb of God thing. Yeah, at this point, like I, I've written in my notes, like I, I don't know where I am anymore because it could just be the same song. I could be listening to one like epic dream theater, 40 minute piece of music at this point. Um, yeah. Drops to like a, a clean verse though, like a picked verse, but his yeah. voice doesn't, you know, doesn't help things. No, it doesn't. There's like a there's a backing vocal to the pre-chorus in this, yeah, where he it sort of like kicks in and it's going da 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 da, and then the backing vocal like underneath is doing this like seeking all, yeah, which is that bit is really nice. It sort yeah, of sounds I've like got that the, in my the backing vocals from uh, like Bring Me to Life or you know that yes. guy. It sounds yes. like they've got that guy in, and that bit really works. It, it's got a because he's singing it in in, in a key and like changing things yes yeah it's a melody yeah exactly that's the word (laughs) (laughs) it's it's musical yes it's it's cool i like it also i mean like negative points to this song i know that they clearly want to be metallica but he does not need to say fight in the same way that james hetfield would like shout fight i know like he tries to be james hetfield you are not metallica leave it alone leave it fucking don't even bother yes i also at this point i started playing a game where i uh tried to guess because i'd you know like i'd listened to the album through the week but it hadn't sort of stuck with me because i knew i wasn't enjoying it so i started trying to guess when the solos were coming in my notes so i just wrote (laughs) i've sorry in this one i've written i imagine a solo is coming called it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i don't think I don't think there is a song that doesn't have a solo, is there? No, yeah, no, there isn't. But it's just fun to try and guess at what point. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Can, can yeah. you tell? Like, oh, yep, there it is. Yeah, like because it's such a formula. Such a formula, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. The power of I and I. Uh, it starts I hate that like title. Sorry. Do you? Yeah, I just I don't know why it just annoys me. Okay. <laughs> isn't I and I? Um, doesn't that like go back to? Bad Brains? Eye Against Eye? Well, yeah, so they did Eye Against Eye as a sort of take on the idea of something called Eye and Eye, which was all to do with, uh, I think it stemmed from, uh, what's 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 their sort of, it's not a religion, but the, the thing that they the, followed. So and, I'm, I've just Googled it, an expression yeah. in Rastafari vocabulary. Right, there we go, it's in Rastafari. Bob yeah. Dylan had a song called it, apparently. Uh, yeah. And I'm, this is no help. What does it mean? What does it mean? Oh. Yeah, I and I means that God is within all men. The bond of Rastafari in the bond of God of man. The term is often used in place of you and I or we amongst Rastafari, implying that both persons are united under the love of Jah. See, well that comes across in this song. For sure. You know, and, and that's that's why Bad Brains played it sort of against itself and put I against I. And that's Clever why. chaps. They are clever chaps. And much more musical than this, even though yeah. their album was bonkers <laughs> absolutely bonkers those were guitar solos that i could write home yeah. about yeah they certainly were yeah um what i do quite like about this song is that 
he does this really crazy like tom descending thing into yeah. the chorus and it sounds like he's got four toms is that a normal thing or is I that mean, just a really big kit no for a metal drummer i mean it's not normal yeah three is normal um okay. two two racks and then a floor but for metal drummers yeah. i feel like like bran has i mean bran doesn't count does he because he's bran but he's got three rack and then i think two toms so he would be and then onto the floors right okay so maybe in metal it's a bit more a bit more normal it depends like that's the problem like because okay. in you know i'm thinking of like fucking neil peart and mike mangini or whatever <laughs> like does it doesn't matter anymore does you, it like you can't compare anyone's I, kit to neil peart's kit <laughs> exactly yeah fucking 360 kit like yeah does it really so if someone's got three toms i'm like meh fucking old yeah. hat don't give a shit <laughs> Okay, um, how do you feel about Ghosts of Past Failures? Uh, so it starts with um, like a, that Avenged Sevenfold feel of like the, you know, the slidey, yeah. but it lasts for four bars and then mm-hmm. just sort of gives up on itself and goes into a classic chug riff. Like they couldn't hang around with that feel for too long. Yeah, it's true. They sort of ran out of steam. The, the riff that comes afterwards does have a little sort of, I don't know if I was right in saying this, but it, it sort of reminded me of Iron Maiden a little bit in that okay. there was a little bit of note change and you could sort of tell that it would work underneath an actual vocal melody yeah. should they want to give us one. <laughs> they didn't. They chose not to. That's that's up to them. Look, it's, I think they're already eight worked. songs in. Why bother changing things now? <laughs> yeah, true. Um, and then it, it does have something, again, that's slightly different, which is like the hanging chord with the vocal part yeah. and then the the riff either side of the line so you know it's it's something new at least yeah but like you said but it's not like uh they don't make the most of that space for a melody it's not like no. hey guys we've got a clean verse let's really let's really hit this one home it's still just a man yeah. screaming but they're hanging a chord instead yeah and then i've written i guess it's stockholm syndrome at this point but i actually find the clean vocal chorus quite catchy uh-oh <laughs> Which I know, I, I assume it's just you know I'm so far into the album, I'm like, well this must be what singers sound like, <laughs> I guess. I guess he is so. the best singer of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I feel at this point. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I just sort of I've called out the solo because it's completely the same as all the other solos. It, I'm just like, yeah, it's another solo. I know it might be the same one as he's just done. It might well be. He could have recorded like one solo and they've just like cut it up and put it in different orders. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if we put the yeah. sweep before the shred, they'll never notice. Yeah. Exactly. A sweep shred versus a shred sweep. It'll yeah. be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> no, It'll no. be fine. They're all in the key of Maybe fucking that's... C. Who gives a shit? Yeah. And they're recorded badly, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. That's why you chose the practice amp. Because he only yeah, had maybe that's why it sounds solo. like they recorded badly because they're just cop- like cut and pasted. <laughs> yeah, just EQ is like just slowly gotten worse and worse as he's they've copy and pasted it. Yeah. How do you feel about Eternity Is Within? Other than that, it describes me listening to this album. <laughs> well, I was going to say this shouldn't be a song title. This should be a sticker on the front yeah. of the record. <laughs> it's like Jumanji warning you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, what what I'm also surprised about is that we're only 35 minutes into this album, and it's like, really? I'm yeah. I've I I could have listened to mesmerizing this time. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Imagine how many things we've like we would have had to say about that album by this point. 
Yes. Uh, the, the chorus riff, I've said it's all right, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Quite trivia me, as usual, the, the go-to yeah. description. Yeah, but uh, I've called out the solo on this one, actually, because it's dreadful. I can't remember it. <laughs> but I really do not remember liking it. Let's it's have a listen. That is a prime example. That sounds like someone at my school when they'd sort of half learned to play fast, but not very musically. And so yeah. it was more about showing off how flashy you could be like, but never thinking like, oh, what note should I use? Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, yeah. not like playing through chord changes and trying to be interesting. Literally just like, hey, watch this. Like, and no one stepped in to be like, some theory <laughs> some music <laughs> like you know the notes mean things right do, do you want to just have a session with cliff burton do you, yeah do you want to exactly just exactly it sounds like that it sounds like he just he should have had another go basically is what it sounds like <laughs> oh god at what point does this become mean i guess they're never going to hear this so it's fine no no <laughs> okay kyle we're on to the final song we did it those who cannot speak so so this is about um it's actually got some really interesting lyrics this one yes uh, i think it's it's really you know it actually tells a story it's about um i guess brian fair he's the songwriter the lyric writer on this uh, yeah album. yeah I, I think so yeah um so it's about his niece and nephew who are both autistic and it's about sort of difficulty with expressing yourself uh verbally and externally and, and how you could have like poetry inside and not be able to sort of get it out and stuff and it, it's actually a really like eloquent song in terms mm-hmm. of lyrics it's badly executed sure <laughs> and it's over five minutes long yep. but at least there's some good lyrics here yes absolutely it's got a good message it's just put to yeah. use by the wrong people and actually today is national autism day so well there you go good day to be talking about this song and great day to be talking about this raising raising awareness of that i guess yes but yeah i mean it's 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 sort of a strong closer, I guess. You know, if, if this Relatively. is the pool, if this is the pool, then <laughs> that sounds like that Stockholm syndrome again. I think oh, this is the gosh. greatest closing track of all time. <laughs> Forget Jungleland. I think this might be the one. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, um, something in the way, something in the way of me finding my new favorite band. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> did we? T- by the way, did we talk about how? much that song was in batman and oh no we didn't was, every yeah. time it happened so good proper like emo batman i loved it just yeah. came up fucking montage after montage of him moping around listening to nirvana like, so it. so bex like absolutely hates nirvana in general and then because that song is obviously like not exactly the most no song in the world like she she particularly disliked that so every time it came on i was just like yes <laughs> and then on the way home all i was just doing was <laughs> well played richard <laughs> yes it's just i i just love that song it's so, such so a much. good song yeah so good anyway talking of good songs shadows <laughs> fall everyone the Shadows album fall. is complete. We have we done it. it. We never have listened to it again. It's not in my hall of fame. Is it in yours? No. The end. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, is there anything you haven't said that you want to say about this album? No, not really. It's not good. Yeah, exactly. And interestingly, completely independently of each other, I think this week we 
we just looked at lists of other albums that came out that year that were just better and that we would have rather listened to. So yeah. do you want to name some? I, mean, I guess we'll bring up that Metal Sucks thing as, as well. Yeah, right? I was going to say, we should jump back to the sort of talking point, which is that this was number 20 on the best metal albums of 20 to 2009, right? To 2009? Yeah, yeah basically a decade. This was the 20th best album in Metal Sucks's opinion. Right. What was number 21, Kyle? Oh, I didn't check. Shit. I was so angry about oh, this reading. Oh, what I thought the... that's why you wanted to bring it No, no, no. Vol- I was just annoyed Vol- that it was on the list. below it. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> they put Volume 3 by Slipknot, one of the best albums of the 21st century, at number 21. And then they put this at number 20. You can kiss uh, my ass. They didn't even include Iowa in this list, which I know I've got angry about already previously yeah. in this podcast, but... <laughs> It still baffles me how, I mean, Volume Three is great, but Ira is like an absolute masterpiece as well. I mean, I guess they both are in their own ways, but to not even have that on the list when you've got two Lamb of God albums in the top five. Oh is, yeah, is this what was it? Ashes of the Waken as the palaces burn. Yeah, and then you got Kill Switch at number four and at number six. I mean, it's it's not very far thinking this list, but. You've got three Mastodon albums in the list. So it's almost as if they've gone, wow, there, there are only like five metal bands, aren't there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, the fact that this is anywhere on there. Yeah, is a it's tragedy. Nuts. Yeah, it yeah. is. Oh, Christ uh, alive. So, so uh, do you want to talk about what else happened in 2004 that would have been a, a better use of our time this week? Le- re-listening to Leviathan. Uh, yep. Listening to American Idiot. Oh, yeah. Listening to Volume 3. Yeah. Listening to Contraband by Velvet Revolver. Yeah. You know, when, what about you? Anything you'd like to bring to the party? One Day Remains by Alter Bridge. Yep. Even Ashes of the Wake I'd listen to over this. Yeah, by, <laughs> me too. Oh, God. One of my favourite bands at the time was 36 Crazy Fists. They released their album Snowcat Romance that year, which is a really cool album. I mean, you know, it's a big year because Motley Crue and Megadeth got back together. So that's fun. So I mean I'm so I'm still happy about it now. I still talk about it. The greatest year yeah. ever. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's it's generally there were there were a lot of other albums that we could have had a lot more fun talking about that year. Yes, we uh, could even have. ghosted an album that year. I mean I'm sure that would have been fun. It's called Hypnotic Underground. Yep, yeah, I bet it is. Uh, a Crow Left of the Murder came out that year apparently. Oh yeah, massive. Also, yeah. I've just realised that was not the same ghost. That's a that's a very different band, but it probably still would have been better. Still Patrick been Swayze? <laughs> no, band? not that ghost either. <laughs> oh, okay. But yeah, just so many other things we could have been doing with our time. <laughs> Phantom Planet, do you remember them? No. They did the uh, the theme tune for the OC. That would have been more fun. <laughs> just listening to that 12 times. Yeah. Patience yeah. by George Michael was probably a decent album. Could yeah. have done that. Sure, why not? Arcade Fire released an album. They're meant to be alright. Guns N' Roses' greatest hits. I mean, that's nope. the, the, the best nope. it's going to get. <laughs> Don't that no, you pushing the boat there? Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Eagles of Death Metal, Cypress Hill. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and this that's just January to March. So, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Did so you pick three that. songs? Oh God, we had to pick three songs. Fucking hell! You didn't have to. Um, you know, you never are obligated to. I I duck out of it all the time. No, no, I, I know, but I always... I'm the one that does. <laughs> so like I, I have fool. to hold things up. Scissor Sisters' debut album came out that year. That was a good album. Oh, for God's sake. Sorry. 
No, no, you're fine. Um, wasted my time. <laughs> oh, there's a really cool punk album that year called the uh, Yvonne Dahl Killed the Locals by The Matches. I really liked that album. There That's you fun. go. Uh, Ash did Meltdown that year. Newfound Glory did Catalyst that year. I mean, it's a big year. Big old year. Fall Out Boy B-Sides album. Oh, definitely still better than what we've just listened to. Under My Skin by Avril Lavigne. I mean, that's the icing on the cake. <laughs> it is uh, always on every anyway, three Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge by My Chemical Romance. I mean, it was yep. a big, big year. It was. Come on, guys. <laughs> Come on. You mean, by um, when you say guys, do you mean us and our life choices? Is that who you're talking to at this point? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Makes okay. sense. Okay. Um, so I picked, basically with a blindfold and a dartboard, I picked <laughs> The Light That Blinds, Stillness, and Ghosts of Past Failures, which I've now realised was Stockholm Syndrome. So who knows? <laughs> what have you picked? Uh, I've picked The Light That Blinds, and then I gave up. So... <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's that one then. Yeah. Because we both picked it. We did. Uh, cool. Well, that's fun. That will be on our playlist forever. Um, <laughs> Skip. So, yeah. So, to go from an absolute low to hopefully a, a much higher high. Yes. Um, it, to, to, uh, to celebrate the life of Taylor Hawkins, we're going to... Yes. Uh, we're going to do a Foo Fighters episode because we've, you know... We're 88 episodes in, and we've not really formally talked about Foo Fighters ever. No, we've, so, I mean, they obviously come up. We've talked about Dave a fair bit, both in Nirvana yeah. and just in general, because he's the greatest man on earth. And Queens of the Stone Age. And Queens of the Stone Age, of course, of course, Queens of the goddamn Stone Age. Um, Talking of which, an, another oh, bit go. of bad news, uh, about a week before Taylor died, did you see that Mark Lanigan from Queens of the Stone Age passed away as well? Oh, for fuck's sake, I did, yeah, Jesus so, Christ. Yeah, it's just, just one after the other at the moment. Yeah, some horseshit. Um, yeah. So yeah. So we're gonna talk about some Foo Fighters and you know really get into them and celebrate some Taylor Hawkins drumming. We are. We're gonna listen to "There Is Nothing Left to Lose," uh, the 1999 yes. album, which was Taylor's first album with them. Dave did the drums on the first two records, and then Taylor joined them, I think, for the tour of "The Color and the Shape." And then his first actual album playing the drums was "There Is Nothing Left to Lose." So we're gonna talk about that. Yes, I can't wait. Uh, it's been a while since I've listened to that album. I think. And it's one. It's one I know probably less. Like it, I know it's like one of the bigger ones, but it, I probably know it song for song less than some of the others. So okay. yeah, it's gonna be fun. It is yeah. gonna be fun. Uh, where can people find us, Rich? People can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Chew the Metal. You can email us Chew the Metal at gmail for suggestions and uh, you know to agree and disagree and come on the podcast and do all those fun things. Um, you can also rate and review us on the Apple iTunes app. Uh, Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Apple oh, Podcasts, yeah, Not I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then also if you listen to us on Spotify, if you actively listen to us on Spotify, you can rate us on there now as well. But only if you actively listen to us on there. Um, so start. So that, that has been, <laughs> that's been The War Within by Shadows Fall. Sure um, I apologise, Kyle, for putting it in our lives. You fucking should. <laughs> um, we're going to go rectify it by listening to There Is Nothing Left to Lose by Foo Fighters. And we shall see you then. Bye! Yeah, we can say that it was um, quite well received. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, let's do that again. Oh, fuck. For for a moment then, Kyle. Uh Uh-oh, don't tell me. I thought I'd muted my microphone. (laughs)
<laughs> Can you imagine if we had to do all of that again? Oh God, I don't want to. And sound as enthusiastic as we already do <laughs> talking about our new favourite album. <laughs>